You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 7, there's an illustration I'd like to tie in from the 11th chapter of the book of John. As you turn to Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 17, Ephesians 4.17 and I'll begin reading there then I'll tie in the illustration that I mentioned from the Gospel of John. Ephesians 4.17 the Bible says This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. And of course these, uh, the first part of these verses we dealt with a little bit. It says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling had given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So we'll maybe mention that again in review. But verse 20, But ye have not so learned Christ, If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Then he goes on and describes a little bit about what it means to put off the old man, But I was thinking of a good illustration of this in John chapter number 11. If you remember, uh, Jesus had got the report that Lazarus was dead or sick. And then uh, by the time he came, Lazarus was dead. He went out to the grave uh, side with Mary and Martha. And he uh, called out and said, Lazarus, come forth. And that's in uh, John 11, 44, Lazarus, come forth. And as he came out, so Jesus uh, resurrected Lazarus from the grave. And so he came forth, and after he came forth, he was still wrapped in his grave clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, we can kind of get a picture of him being wrapped up really tight in his grave clothes. But Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Because it would have been kind of silly for... uh, Lazarus to continue to go around in his grave clothes because he was no longer in the grave. He had been brought up out of the grave. And so now he was to put on something that would make a little bit more sense for what had happened in his life. He he didn't need to go around looking like a mummy all the time, right? Uh, And still identified with the grave. Now he'd been brought forth to walk, as the Bible says, in newness of life. And so what this section of Hebrews, of Hebrews, where did that come from? Of Ephesians is talking about is the practical nature, the application of the truth of God in our life. See, the Bible was written to be obeyed and not simply studied. Amen. God's Word changes lives. And God's Word should continue to be... We should be continually being changed by the Word of God, the work of the Spirit of God and the Word of God. 
It's really interesting when you read it, when you begin around verse number 17 to the end of the book of Ephesians, uh, I would encourage you to notice several times that the word, the words are used, therefore and wherefore, therefore and wherefore. So, you know, we love to tell about the good news. Hey, praise God. Number one, you can be saved. And if, if you'll turn from your sins and come to Christ, and hallelujah, then once, we, then once we come to Christ and are saved, it's wonderful that we rejoice. Hey, praise the Lord. How wonderful it is to be saved. How wonderful it is to know the Lord. You're saved now. You're forgiven. You're a child of God. I mean, heaven is your home and, and all of these great things. And then God says, hey, but not only that, you, you have been brought forth, but now loose him and let him go. In other words, begin to walk in newness of life. Therefore, since you've been saved, since God loves you that much, since God did this much for you, therefore and wherefore, this is the life, this is the walk that we ought to have for the Lord. So, Basically, you could say it this way. Here's what Christ has done for you. Now, in light of all this, here's what we ought to do for Christ. I've already mentioned James 1.22 a couple of times that you be not doers of, or hearers of the word only, but doers as well. The fact that we've been called in Christ ought to motivate us to walk in unity. And the fact that we've been raised from the dead should motivate us to walk in purity. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, and again, Romans and just about every other New Testament book go together in so many ways, especially the epistles. But in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, the Bible says that we should walk in newness of life. Since we've been identified with His death and we've been identified with His resurrection, we should walk in newness of life. Aren't you glad God's changed you? Amen. Now, I'll tell you, there's, we don't see the finished product sitting here tonight or standing up here tonight but we see some people that's been changed by the grace of god i'm glad i'm not the person that i used to be and no i'm not yet the person that i i hope to be and i'm probably not the person that i ought to be either i believe that but i'll tell you one thing i'm i'm not the person that i'm going to be god's still doing a work in me and that just thrills my soul it thrills my heart that god is not done with me and he's not done with you he's got his hand on your life and he's doing a work in your life. And so uh, we can be motivated uh, to walk in the newness of life and have a changed life. We are alive in Christ, not dead in our sins. Uh, put off the old man, verses 22 and verse 24, and put on the new man. Take off the grave clothes and put on the grace clothes. Amen. There ought to be a different look. There ought to be a different way that we carry ourselves. Now, uh, we looked at this uh, last time we were able to share the book of Ephesians, but in Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 19, uh, the admonition is, do not walk as the other Gentiles walk. And we preached a whole uh, lesson really on this, but uh, the Christian is not to imitate the life of, of unsaved people around him, for they are dead in their trespasses and sins. Uh, while he has been raised from the dead and given eternal life in Christ, we shouldn't live like we haven't been. Uh, we don't, I mean, it, it reminds me again of the new card. It's interesting when he says there in verse 17, walk not as other Gentiles walk, and it says in the vanity of their minds. So he begins to talk about their, their empty thoughts and their empty minds and their, and their empty motivations for what they do and why they do. 
One of the one of the great great sadnesses of our day is that people don't really have purpose. And I'm telling you, there's there's a generation that's being brought up that don't have a lot of purpose because they're kind of being taught that there isn't really any purpose. That that everything just is by chance. There's no right. There's no wrong. There's no future. There's nothing. There's nothing greater. There's just this. Uh, but the fact is, uh, man, that is not that is not the truth. That's the vanity of the Gentiles, as the Bible says. That's the vanity of people who do not know God, and so they walk in the vanity of their minds. And by the way, one of the great warnings of the New Testament is that in the last days, more and more, that even within the Christian world, it would become a real popular thing to try to be as much like the world as you can be. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, we, we, we talked about that new cart religion and all that. The Bible talks about preachers that will turn from the truth and, and Christians that will turn from the truth uh, and how that they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, you know, not wanting to hear the truth of God's word. We live in that time. I was just having an interesting conversation with the pastor yesterday. Uh, and he was uh, talking about how that uh, basically uh, primarily because of his stand against, uh, f- uh, against sodomy uh, and, and with what the Bible has to say about it, there's people that are uh, running him down and, and leaving his church and so forth. And it's just an amazing thing. But the thing is, is they're going to a different church. Uh, they're going to a different church, and we use the, we throw that term word church around just about like we throw the word Christian around yeah. um, sometimes. But uh, but uh, the, the U, I think it's the UCC uh, church in Vermilion, and uh, you know because there they do accept these things. Uh, they accept the sin. They now we accept and love the sinner, right? But by by the grace of God, we are not. We it would be ridiculous to accept sin. That's destroying people. It's not love to accept sin, and and you could see. But but in the vanity of their mind, that makes sense to them. So their intellect is darkened, uh, and then their inclinations are depraved. So their intellect is darkened, and then their inclinations are depraved. Verse nineteen, the Bible says, "Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness." Do you ever just marvel at the things that people are capable of? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I marvel what even our... It's one thing to be what people are capable of, uh, but it, I, I marvel at what our government is capable, capable of. Oh. I, I, I'm, I marvel with, you know, and we talk about this, with, abortion is a good topic to bring up in this. I marvel that these... Uh, people that supposedly care about the, the helpless and the people that can't help themselves and, and these that care about the, the, those that, have, that lack opportunity. These that claim to trust in science. Their science and everything decent teaches them that there is nothing right about killing a baby. How can they believe this? You know why? Because they willfully turn from God. They willfully turn from the wisdom of God and the truth of God. And, it, and it's, it's a gradual uh, de-evolution toward uh, depravity. It's, 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 I mean, think about, I mean, and I'm telling you, I always want to talk to the young people about this, but it's, it's with each of us. We've got to be careful. In this world today, there's a lot that's accepted that is absolutely 100% against the will of God. Amen. And the ways of God. And 
We've got to be able to discern and say, you know what? It's vain to think and imagine that these things are right or that these things are okay and it leads to depraved inclinations. And uh, the Bible says they're past feeling. And of course, we talked about that and we talked a little bit about how that they, the, the past feeling um, is, you know, we talked about the, the, the condition to where people don't feel pain, uh, which I remember first time I heard about that, I thought that'd be great not to feel pain. Uh, which is a whole other message in and of itself, isn't it? Uh, we think it'd be so great. Why do we have to feel pain? Why do we have to go through tough things? But if we, if we think about it in the physical realm, the, the, the people of that condition where they do not feel pain is not desirable whatsoever. He's like, man, that'd be so awesome. I could yeah, but until you, you break your leg or you get an infection or you get a cut and you don't even know you got it. But the whole time, infection's beginning to grow in your body, and your body's being poisoned, but you don't even feel bad. You don't even hurt. Uh, and before you know it, you're going to be a very ill person and probably die uh, at a premature age because pain helps you seek out help. Pain helps you get, some, uh, get uh, the, the, the assistance that you may need. And, uh, you know, we talk about, uh, by, by the way, pray for Grandpa Mike and, of course, with his diabetes and everything. But, you know, you get these, these sores and things that can open in your feet and you don't feel them. You don't know they're there and it presents problems. But uh, there's a lot of people in this world that are past feeling. Uh, the Bible talks about how people can get like a, uh, uh, a calloused, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they can get a seared conscience. Uh, they can get calloused, you know, and... Um, I don't know if any of you, I know some of you got some calluses on your hands or you got calluses uh, somewhere to where you, you work. And the, and the first time, I, I remember the first time I was helping my dad um, uh, lay brick, I was laboring for him. And so I was mixing mortar and hauling brick for my dad and a friend of his as they were uh, laying some brick. And uh, and I was I was a kid and I had never d done that much work. And son, you taught my hands were bleeding uh, from hauling these bricks and everything because my hands were, uh, they weren't that tender. Uh, don't get me wrong, but they were more tender than hauling a bunch of bricks. And these were a sharper type of brick, I guess. And anyway, uh, but uh, I think that the, the next, uh, some time went by, maybe within the within months of that, I started working full time for a brick mason with my dad. And you know what? But my hands started getting tougher and tougher, and they weren't getting cut like that. It didn't hurt me to grab those bricks and those blocks, and, and I could just pick them right up. And uh, why? Because my hands uh, were be being calloused, and that's how some people's conscience. The first time, be careful uh, giving in to that sin the first time. Amen. It's a lot harder that first time, but then it gets a little easier the second time. Then it gets a little easier the third time. And uh, that's why we've got to really be on guard about that uh, by the grace of God. But uh, so, so now we see the admonition, but now let's get into the argument, which is uh, where we didn't get to last time. Verse 20, the Bible says, but ye have not so learned Christ. And I love the way that's phrased there. Ye have not so learned Christ. Um, and it's interesting here. We've talked about this. The Bible talks about the vanity of their mind. It talks about their understanding being darkened. Then all of a sudden, you get into verse 20, it says, you have not so learned Christ. The emphasis on the mind. And I like this. You have not so learned Christ. He did not say that you've not so learned about Christ. Because this isn't about learning about Christ. This is about knowing Christ. Because we, you, we can learn about Christ. People can learn about Christ and never be saved. Amen. Learning about Christ 
uh, is a wonderful thing to learn, but you can learn about Christ and never be saved by the yeah. grace of God. Right. But learning Christ means a personal relationship and intimacy, knowing Christ. So he's, he's speaking to a people that's saying, hey, you are saved. You are saved and you've not learned Christ that way. In other words, you know Christ and you know that that's not the way that God's people ought to walk because I do think it's interesting that he's warning these Christians about walking that way. You know why? Because we have a tendency to go that way. We still have an old nature. We still have a base nature. We still, listen, it's, it's very important to understand that there is a part of me, the old Jesse Haley, the old man that he refers to here uh, in verses 24 and 25. The old man, uh, listen, is still as wicked as ever. Yeah. Did you realize that? Amen. Don't, do not be deceived, child of God. Do not be deceived in, into thinking that, uh, you're, uh, that since you've been saved, that just through and through now you're pure and holy and right and clean and uh, now all of a sudden... No, you've got to remember something. That the Bible says that we have a... Uh, when we get saved by God's grace, there is a dual nature now. Yeah. Praise God we have a new nature yeah. that desires the things of God, wants the things of God. But I'm telling you what, that old man is still there. Yep. That old man is still now there. Now the Bible says the old man is dead, but the Bible says we also need to reckon that man dead. We need to reckon that old, uh, that old part of us to be gone. In other words, dead as in you no longer have the power. I'm no longer giving you authority. It's a kind of about authority. I'm not giving you authority in my life. You can, you do not have to give in to temptation. You do not have to do the things that your flesh would be inclined to do. You have authority to Amen. say no. Amen. You're dead. You've been crucified with Christ, and there is a power working within me, uh, the spirit, the spirit of God, to where I can't overcome. And so we give God the authority in our life, and we have the authority to say no to the old nature. And I'm just saying that because if you're not careful, I understand this fully since I've been there. If you're not careful, you can almost think when you get around some people that you feel like are really good Christians. And they are because the work that God's done in your life. You can almost get the idea that, well, you know, man, I wonder what it would be like to be them. Because they don't have to deal with the same things I deal with. Yeah. They don't deal with the same temptations that I deal with. They don't deal, they don't struggle with the same thoughts that I've dealt with. Uh, you know, and it's real easy to think they're different from me. Uh, I, I can't achieve that because, no, but the thing you got to understand is that every one of us deal with the same sin. Amen. Right. Amen. It's not, that, uh, it's not that it's any easier necessarily for one than the other. The thing that can make it easy is this. We have the victory. The thing that makes it easier is grabbing a hold of this truth in our minds. The thing that makes it easier is learning Christ. The thing that makes it easier is for a child of God for you to get strengthened in the Word. Yes. For you to apply the word and for whenever you face temptation, trust and lean on the word. Remember, Jesus Christ himself served as the example when he was tempted in the wilderness and Satan come at him. By the way, uh, Satan came with him with the word of God. Amen. Yeah. That's right. That's why you got to know the word, man. Yes. You got to know it and you got to know it rightly divided. Satan came with the word of God. Jesus came back 
with the Word of God in the proper context. Amen. But he, that's the way he defeated him. And so that's the way, by God's grace, that we will uh, be victorious. But it's all by the grace of God. You know, the, the only reason that I am where I am today is by the grace of God. Uh, the Bible says in uh, the book of Jude, I believe it's verse 20, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his presence with great glory be honor and dominion and and it goes on but it's unto him that is able listen a long time ago i figured something out i figured out that i couldn't do this with my own strength so i just went to god's word and i said okay lord you said you were able to keep me i'm sure gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take you up on that lord because i'm not keeping myself i need you to keep me i'm taking you up on that and so it's, it's, it's believing God's word. It's applying God's word in our life. And that's the whole thing. It's based on truth. Fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Learning Christ is based on truth. Yeah. The truth. The truth of God's word. Uh, and so the better we know God's word, the closer we can be with the Lord. The Bible goes on to talk about the ignorance of the unsaved and everything. Uh, well, it's our job by God's grace to help enlighten them. We were all the unsaved at one point, right? So we, we're not saying it like in a, in a disparaging way. We're just saying by God's grace, we need to be different. Um, and, and, and you know me and you know me well, uh, most everyone in here. And I believe in being myself. I don't believe that you got to act like some... You know, chanting monk with the back shaved out of his head or whatever, or what, wearing a robe. And, you know, you live your life and you're a real person and you're a normal person and you're just. But the fact of the matter is, is that you, uh, you distinguish and that there's a difference in your life. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one of the big things about the, 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 the emerging church of today that the Bible warns about is that really it's like they're trying to, in order to reach the world, they're trying to be the world. And it's like, how does that, you know, I mean, uh, there, there, there's, there's, there's people, there, there's kids, there's kids right in this town that are told by ministers, Hey, feel free to cuss around me. It's cool. I'm cool. See, I'm a, I'm a cool preacher, and and I'll cuss, and you and and I know, and and I know that's not the worst thing on the list of things that could be bad, but it just still shows you just kind of the idea of I, I want this to be, uh, you know, cool, and and you know, I, it's it's hard for me to believe that we live in a day to where they we churches really do celebrate and rejoice and glory in their sin, much like the Corinthians did that we read in First and Second Corinthians, but. They do. Uh, but man, may God help us just to be different. Not holier than thou. Not thinking we're greater or better than anybody else. Uh, by the way, and I, and I said this before, man. Uh, you know what? There's, there's a part of us, and I don't know if this is the right way to say it or not, but that we need to let sinners be sinners sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes we let we, so, somebody's being a sinner around us, and we're trying to get them to be a saint. The way I need to be trying to get them to be a saint is by winning them to the Lord. Amen. Sharing the gospel with them. They don't need to, you know, I mean, if I can get this person to clean up their speech, well, what good does that do, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to, uh, you know, there, there can be a time for maybe pointing something out. But for the most part, you know, I've shared it before, you don't get mad at a blind man for stumbling over something. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't mad, get mad for a deaf person because they didn't hear you, uh, what you said. Or, or, or you know, they, you, you, asked a deaf, you asked a deaf person to get out of your way and they didn't move. It's like, well, don't get mad about that. They can't hear. And, and people are spiritually blind and they're spiritually deaf. And we've got to try to show the love of Christ with them and be different. Um, but be real, be ourselves. And um, 
All right, so the, the, the word of God and, and the power that the word of God plays in all of this, because salvation is uh, not just believing on the Lord, but it's, it's the fact that our whole position changes. Amen. Our whole position changes in Christ. We, we, the former life, which is what the old man is, the old nature has been put away. Now we can walk in the newness of life. It's not just that our minds have been changed. It's that our whole citizenship have been changed. Yeah. We are citizens of heaven now. Amen. And that's, man, it's just an awesome thing. And so therefore, since, since I am now Christian, since I am now born again, then the, way, the life I ought to live ought to reflect that. Yeah. I think the Bible says, now, now ye are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. You're ambassadors for Christ. You know, an ambassador is somebody for, oftentimes from one country that goes to another country, and they're supposed to represent that particular country. A, a United States ambassador is supposed to, uh, is supposed to represent the, uh, the, the, the truth and, and the idea of what America really is. They're not to go over there. I mean, what, it wouldn't make sense for, for you know, them to go over there and all of a sudden just totally change and start being... The country they're in, we'll show them how Americans are. We'll just be them. Say, no, I'm American, and this is the way I'm going to represent myself. Um, And so his argument is that since we no longer belong to the old corruption of sin, we belong to the new creation in Christ. Therefore, we can take off the grave clothes and uh, live, be renewed. Look at verse 23, the Bible says, uh, in verse, uh, well, verse 22, we'll read that to get to verse 23, that you put off concerning the former conversation, and that speaks of our former behavior, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And isn't sin deceitful? Yes. And aren't lust deceitful? Yes. That's why we need to be, uh, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There again, we see the mind being brought up. And so, as the mind understands the truth of God's word, it is gradually transformed by the Spirit. And this renewal leads to a changed life. Physically, we are what we, were, what we eat. Or, sorry, physically, you are what you eat. But spiritually, you are what you think. I'm going to read that again. As the mind understands the truth of God's Word, it is gradually transformed by the Spirit, and this renewal leads to a changed life. Physically, you are what you eat, but spiritually, you are what you think. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, with that being the case, and we'll spend more time on these on next week, he begins to make the application. He applies this teaching and begins to get specific. Um, Well, verse 24, the Bible says, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, so therefore you see the wherefore popping up, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Well, we'll get it. I want to take time on these that he that he lists here. Um, spend a little bit more time maybe on these next week. But lying, he says, lying. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. A lie is a statement that's contrary to fact. Mm-hmm. And listen to this. This is really important. You listen, Evan, when we talk about a lie. I just say this because we sometimes we have this conversation. And it'll be like, uh, 
Man, man, it's like 20 degrees outside. Oh, look, you, look at the, you look at the weather and it's actually 19. Did I lie? So that's a conversation we have sometimes. Is that a lie? The answer is that's not a lie. Because a lie is a statement that's contrary to fact that's spoken with intent to deceive. Oh, yeah. there you go. Spoken with the intent to deceive. You may say something that's incorrect, but that doesn't... You, you, may, you may not state the fact. You may say something that's contrary to the fact. You can just be mistaken. Yeah. But if it's spoken with the intent to deceive... By the way, listen up. Some people say, well, I wasn't really lying. I was just kind of tricking them. <laughs> right? Anybody? Is there omission by intent to deceive? The omission with intent to deceive. Omission of the truth with the intent to deceive. Yes. Uh, that's, I like that. Omission of the truth with the intent to deceive. Has anybody, has anybody ever felt justified because, you know what, I didn't lie, but I sure did trick the pants right off of them. Mm-hmm. Not the best terminology, but anybody ever thought that? Amen. I've done that. I've thought to myself, uh, you know, well, I'm not, you know, I, well, I didn't really lie. But I totally deceived them yeah. with my words. Uh, I wish I could think of an example. I mean, I, I could think of a thousand right now, probably. Ooh, okay. This has to be edited out. I'll talk to you about that one later. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, de- 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 deception. Um, but I, I, I can really, I, I kid you not, I really, and, and, and I don't know if I ought to be, be confessing this, but I feel like maybe there's some others, maybe, that could be in the same boat as me. There was really a time in my life where I thought it was okay because I wasn't lying. Yeah, amen. I just wasn't telling the whole truth. I just wasn't telling the whole truth. Yeah. Uh, did, did you do A, B, and C? Nope. But I did these other things that kind of you're getting at too, uh, or whatever. Or did you do this? Or, and I, and I, I wish I could think of some. I mean, I'll tell you, I could. I mean, I've lived it a, a hundred times uh, at least. Um, but my point is, lying is a, a, a statement that is contrary to the fact spoken with the intent to deceive. And I love uh, Deidre's uh, addition to that, that of uh, omission of the truth with the intent to deceive. Any The deception, the spirit of it is a lie. So don't feel justified because I didn't lie. I just tricked you. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, if if I tell you it's, you know, and I said that already, if I tell you that it's noon and then you discover on my watch it's wrong, I didn't tell a lie. But if I gave you the wrong time so that you would be late to a meeting and I would benefit from it, then that would be a lie. So Satan is a liar. Um, and there's a lot to be said here. I want to I wanna spend time on lies uh, next week. So I want to spend time on each of these that, that, that it goes through, but I'll just give them to you here quickly. Therefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That does not mean you know and again we'll get more into the lying thing but that doesn't mean that you have to always it doesn't mean that you don't show some discretion either yeah amen you know talk about this for you know preacher i gotta tell you that's the worst message i've ever heard today <laughs> worst message I've ever heard i'm just telling the truth you said not to lie what well, you did i didn't ask you to come tell me it was the greatest message ever just say 
thanks for trying or praying for you or, or thanks or something, you know. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know, it's just like, you ever, you ever know kids like that? I mean, I, but I've known adults too the same way, yeah. you know. Uh, I just got to tell you, man, you are the ugliest person I've ever seen. I'm just telling the truth. I mean, I just, well, that, that's, no, you don't, you don't lie and tell them that they're beautiful or anything, but for, you know, but gosh, you don't have to be all putting people down either. So some people say, well, I'm just telling the truth. It's like, no, you're just being a rude fool, you know, and. Get, I mean, so anyway, um, we'll talk about lying, Lord willing. Uh, actually, next week we have a missionary, I believe, if it's the 27th. Uh, but we'll talk about that soon. Uh, lying, anger, um, anger, anger is an emotional arousal caused by something that displeases us. Anger is not always sin. Anger is not always wrong. Mm. Um, but uh, oftentimes it's it's pretty hard for us to it's 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 challenging for us to find righteous anger. But there is a righteous anger, and we ought to. Uh, there's some things we ought to be angry about. Amen. There's really some things we ought to be angry about. Um, and so, uh, but then he says, "Be angry and sin not." So he actually says, "Be angry, just don't sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil." Yeah. Man, we'll get into all this. Uh, let him that stole steal no more. There's all kinds of ways to steal. Yeah. But rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. There's a lot being said here about what we say. Uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I've had to stop people before and say, wait just a second, who is this building up exactly? Yeah. This ain't building you up, it's not building the other person up, it's not building me up. Uh, a lot of practical truths we're going to look forward to uh, challenging, I mean convicting as we go through these, but no corrupt communication, minister grace to the hearers. Verse 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the holy day, the, the, the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So he tells us a little bit about what this life looks like when we put on the new man. Um, amen. So take off the grave clothes. Walk in the newness of life. Be Identify yourself as God identifies you. Amen. 